What is going on, baseball fans of all shapes and sizes? We are the Turning Two Podcast, and we are here to provide you baseball content. And what day of the week it is? What? What day? Friday what? Fun Dump! What is the day today? <laughs> Friday. So today, we're just going to dump all over you guys with some funness, some enjoyment, some just fun baseball stuff. Oh, I'm ready to take a dump on baseball right now, man. Mm-hmm. In a good way, though. Like, I'm not, not a bad dump. It's going to be you, a good one. You probably like Rob Manfred, because he's been dumping on baseball for years. He really has. That lately, though, people are kind of applauding Rob Manfred because the Loriano suspension. Everyone's everyone's back on Bobby Manfred's side. They're like, "Go Manfred!" Yeah, no, he killed it. Given Centrone twenty and um, Loriano five, pretty good. Yeah, he, so Bobby Manfred's back in the news, man. But how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It was a kind of a weird day. We're recording this on a Thursday. Spoiler for our fans. I mean. It's, we're not actually recording on Friday. We're Thursday fun dumping. So if that yes, lo- we're kind of yeah, exposed, I guess. <laughs> but um, it's a weird day in the MLB. There's only like six games today. It's a big off day. So yeah, after a couple afternoon games too. It's a getaway yeah. day. So get, getting ready for those weekend series as we head in. You'll be listening to this, and the weekend series start tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a weird weird day. Uh, Red, Red Sox got their face kicked in, which is a mm-hmm. trend. I think we got to address this, man. I feel like there was a, there was another drone delay in today's game. I don't know yeah. if you knew this. I mean, if the Red Sox are trying to treat cheat with a drone, which they obviously aren't because they're awful, they got to get better at it because they're losing 16 to 5 in the 6th inning currently. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 49 to 5 by the end of the game. And so get that drone out of there or zoom in a little bit on the catcher. Like get those signs. What are we doing here? We need a better drone. Yeah, so if, if John Henry is currently in his press box operating that drone, you're cheating and you're doing a terrible job of it. Obviously, they're not using the drone. But whoever, I just was like, that's two drone delays in one season. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's coincidence. But what the heck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, what What do you honestly think? Who's flying the drones? Like, what is it? Is it just a fan trying to get a cool shot? Is it like a videographer trying to make an epic Instagram video? Or is it just like, is it something gone wrong with the filming? I I don't know. I imagine it's some kid, but I will say that drone pieced out so quickly. It, yeah. After, like, they, like, they like started shutting the game down, the drone just bolted. So I was like, that, that's not it. Yes. Imagine if it's just imagine if it's just Alex Gore from The Great Beyond trying to steal yeah, Alex Gore. <laughs> Alex Gore is trying to um, get behind the blackouts. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, yo, I don't want to pay for MLB Network and Nesson sucks. Let me, get a, let me get my own view of this game going. Yeah, that could be it. Alex Gore could be behind, droning the pilot droning pilot drone pilot flying drone. The, that's that's not english right yeah, there you well, mean flying the drone all right so let's let's get dumping so friday fun dump i got a few little um hypotheses to express to all the listeners today and my first one is the thick two hitter so would you like to di- dive into that little theory i have yeah i would love to what the heck's the thick two hitter so normally in baseball two hitters you kind of have an idea what they are. I think Dustin Pedroia, um, kind of like... Jose Altuve. Yeah, kind of not the leadoff guy, but someone who's still going to get on base. So I'm going to read you a list of names, and you're going to guess where they hit in the lineup. All right. Oh, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Luke Voigt, J.D. Martinez, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Ramirez, Jesus Aguilar, Jorge Soler, and Nicholas Castellanos. They all hit. They all last night hit in the, the same batting spot. Which was it? 
Well, based on the segment, I'm going to go with the two hole. <laughs> <laughs> I give it away. Yeah. <laughs> they all hit in the two hitter, and those are all cleanup guys. I'd say comfortably, if you didn't know the segment because I'm stupid and gave it away, you'd probably say four or three or five, but probably four. And they're all hitting in the two hitter. So I don't know what is it, if it's the six game season, but this two spot got a lot thicker real quick. I honestly hate it. If I'm being honest, like I've seen the Red Sox do it a couple times this season with Janie Martinez. They're putting him in the two hole. I don't understand the point of it. I guess it's to get the hitters more at bats because if yeah. you're batting in the two hole, then you're guaranteed to get an extra. You're going to get an extra yeah. plate appearance. And in a short, if you're in a four hole in a short season, I think the theory was like if you can get your best player one more at bat in 60 games, that it's that could win, that could get you in the playoffs. Just that alone. So you're, you're seeing J.D. Martinez hitting second, but I think these owners and managers and all the analytic teams, all the nerds, they didn't realize that it's kind of a mental thing for a lot of these hitters. Like J.D. Martinez, Anthony Rizzo, batting second, it's a very different thing than batting leadoff when you have a couple men on base. It's hard to go out there and just like try to get on base when they're used to trying to drive the ball or trying to um, hit a dong. This is an interesting theory of yours, and I'm also one of those nerds. I love stack ass. Um, but... <laughs> But I'm gonna maybe this will be with my next uh, turning two. If you're not following us on Twitter, at the turning two pod, my next little deep dive. I'll try to compare like what these hitters are in a two hole compared to the four hole. Let's see how big of a difference it actually is. I personally think it's just I understand the strategy. You want to get your best hitters more at bats, but like you said, the mental game and also I'd much rather JD Martinez at the plate with the bases loaded potentially than at the second. But or you got two on. And when you're hitting the four hole rather than second place and second, uh, he's going to hit a solo shot. What is he mm-hmm. going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think people were thinking, oh, one run is much better than a single and then no one hits you home. But I think kind of how baseball works out, it's proving that getting two men on and then hitting a double is kind of, that's been the tried and true method. And that's... there's also a pitching approach difference though. So if you're a number that's two true. hitter, if you're a number two hitter, let's say started the game, you're a number two hitter. Leadoff man gets out. You only you need that leadoff man to get on because if there's a man on base, let's say he's in, uh, he's on second, if leadoff hitter, or if there's no one on base compared to how they're going to pitch you, especially leadoff hitters tend to get more fastballs. It's just how it is. And by the time you get to the cleanup hitters, they tend to throw more curves. And also, if you're in a two hole, let's say who's so let's use the Red Sox example. Who's usually batting free? It's uh, Bogarts, right? Um, Bogarts has been cleanup, so it's been Devers or. Um, it's like a trick. Let's someone. say it's a trickle down effect, though. Yeah. So if JD Martinez is batting fourth, you're gonna and Bogart and Rafi Devers is batting third, you're gonna have to throw to Rafi Devers if you don't want to pitch to JD Martinez. So you're gonna have to give Devers more fastballs because yeah. you don't want to you don't want to get Martinez to the plate. It's like protection in a lineup. It's classic baseball. So another thing I'll have to see is how these hitters that are in front of them are being affected by the switch from set fourth to second. It's just like a trickle-down effect in your lineup. You want that power hitter in your number four hole with classic baseball. Yeah, and I think it makes the lineup even more top-heavy. Because if you have your best hitter, as I mean— Very true. J.D. Martinez, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Ramirez, Jesus Aguilar, Jorge Soler, Nicholas Castellanos, this is, for the most part, the main power threat (laughs) on your team. If you get him out, and, like, you're you're good. So then it goes 3-4-5, and you don't have to face that guy. If you're playing— the um the Indians and you get Jose Ramirez out and then you face three four five, you're chilling. 
Who does? Where does Aaron Judge hit in the Yankees lineup? Do you know that? Um, I think. I mean, they just have like power hitters. They got all power the hitters. Through. I always, yeah, I view him as like their like their main power threat. I especially think he's a three. The IO. Let me try. Is he a three? I would like to see if the Yankees are also following because they're like the team I look for like um like power wise. And also, I wonder where this trend started. Was this like a um? Is this like a like a racing? Like did this come out of the Heim Bloom? because that Alex Corey didn't do that. Yeah, that's true. He um, but we're also seeing every team do it. So I think that is true. It's very interesting. Aaron Judge has hit second. He see, he's so he's all, also falling. He's all over that. the place. But yeah, it looks like he's a fairly consistent two hitter. So he's also fall. I view Aaron Judge as Yankees power hitter. Um, so you look at that, and huh. he's also falling into this category. So. It's definitely a trend. The Yankees lineup, we should just it. deep dive into this really quick. It's super interesting. They go kind of... They're banged up. They go contact, power, contact, power, contact, power, kind of. But they're also all power hitters. But they go DJ LeMahieu, Judge, then Aaron Hicks, then Stanton, then um, Glaber and Luke Voigt, and like Talkman or Urshela, and then Sanchez betting ninth. That's actually... A great stretch. I love that. Instead of going back to back with Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, because you give yourself the yeah. opportunity. If you have those players who are most more likely to slap a single, that one run home run turns to a two home run. Instead of getting those back to back homers when they're really not as important, is instead of getting you could potentially have two home runs, keep the rally going. And those are also forces pitchers probably Lemayhew and uh, Torres. You said is Glaber? Did you have Glaber in that lineup? Yeah, he's he normally bats like six or seven. It's looking like. But if you have a uh, if you have DJ LeMahieu in front of Aaron Judge, you're gonna have to pitch more to DJ LeMahieu because yeah. you don't want to. You got to try to get him out more instead of walking him. So that's a great strategy. Good and, job, Cashman and the Yanks. I and like that. DJ LeMahieu is batting four thirty one, so it's, it's even better. But that though the fifth number two lineup. That's what we're coming at. I'm gonna have to look more into this. Yeah, it's, I didn't it's, realize it's such a popular trend. It's interesting, and maybe we're like late on it. Maybe just people are used to it. But I really. I just I haven't looked at the lineups, and when these power guys get up, I'm assuming they're like three or four or five. But it's just weird to see these these teams have this lineup this way. I know the Cubs were doing it for a while. Rizzo's been he's batted leadoff before, stuff like that. But um, now we're kind of seeing it widespread. So I'm interested to see how it works out, and I'm interested to see if in the playoffs they use a different strategy because playoffs, I mean, one run could be all you need. Uh, very true. I'm gonna have. I'll look into. Uh, I'll have to figure it out because also I, I'm very interested to see if managers, um, if this has been like something they've tried to implement in past years and it just hasn't worked. And now they're just like, all right, we're gonna like full send it. Yeah. For Sixty games. Let's figure it out. That's a good point. That's that's pretty. That's pretty dope. But there's other things I need to talk about with the Yankees. Okay. And that's just their pitching compared to the Red Sox pitching. I saw a tweet earlier. I forget who it was by. I apologize. Like Chris to- Cotello or something. He's a reporter for the Red Sox. And people who are complaining about the Yankees pitching make me laugh. They're like Garrett Cole, Paxton, Tanaka, Severino. Then the Red Sox have Nathan Avaldi, TBD, TBD, yeah. TBD, <laughs> TBD. <laughs> I mean, that is a good point because so, people have complained about the Yankees rotational lobbies after Cole and Tanaka. It kind of is very iffy. But I wonder how, like, how iffy is it really? Like, they're still... Tanaka can shove this yeah. year, guy. Yeah, Tanaka's He's throwing good. bullets. He's throwing, but, like, 94 on his fastball. But, like, after that, it gets a little iffy. But looking at, like, the games, I wonder if 
if all their pitchers are giving them a chance to win with how good their lineup is. It's I agree, but it's still like that lineup should keep you in any game. But it's just very interesting to look at the like when you compare fans and how they view things. Like the Yankees yeah. fans are like, "Oh my God, we need uh we need another fifth, we need a fifth starter." And the Red Sox fans are like, "Can you can we know who's starting tomorrow's game?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like the the compare and contrast of it, but. But one team I've personally – that was an awkward pause. One team I've personally enjoyed watching a ton this week is the Rockies, man. They're a fun team. They are. They did – they did they play today? I don't know if they played today, but they got fun dumped on yesterday. Yeah. The they, D-backs. They got beat. Just, I think yesterday was the day that people were like, oh, we got to watch the Rockies because um, – what's his name? Chuck Nasty is hitting 500. Let's tune into this team. They're good. And then they got their kicks – their face kicked in. So it's like, oh, they like that's unfortunate because I feel like yesterday everyone actually tuned in and they're like, what? How are these guys good? Now nobody's gonna watch them again. That was a part of my baseball experience this past fun dump week. I watched the Rockies a lot, and then I was like, oh, they finally rocks are getting some love, and they go out there and they do that. But you know, not the best moment for them. I but I think the funnest moment of baseball for me this week has to go to that Phillies Orioles game, that ten to nine. <laughs> Baltimore, and we had another inside the park home run. Is this the most that, like, ever? I haven't seen this many inside the park home runs in a short stretch in forever. I tried to look up the information. They don't have it. Nobody has it. Baseball reference, fan graphs, no one has this information. How many inside the park home runs are hit per season? I need to know. But I was looking it up, couldn't find it, and I was like, that's three home runs because we had Cole Calhoun, we had Christian Yelly. And then we had I forget who hit it for the uh, for the Orioles because they have a very forgettable team even though they're yeah. raking right now. <laughs> they are um, so forgettable. They are so forgettable, but they man they can hit. And I was like, that's free inside the park home runs. And I have to ask you, how do you feel about the inside the park home run? I actually don't love it. Some people say it's the most it's entertaining play in baseball. I actually don't like it that much. It is impressive how quick they can get around, but it's also like the outfield is like really far away in some parks, like. It does make sense, but um, I'd rather see someone just hit it one Soto distance. 466. The, my problem with the inside the park home run is it only happens if it's followed by a bad – if it's a bad play precedes it. So, like, then it's, like, bad yeah. baseball. It like is, you're it gonna... is kind of bad baseball because you can't do it clean. There has to be something going wrong. Someone's got to mess up for you to get an inside the park home run. And then if somebody messes up, like, why don't we call it an error? Like – Going back, Aloy Jimenez, that was an error. That was an error. Was that not called an error? No, it was called an inside the park home run. You you know what I mean? When you reach on, for example, if you reach on base on an error, it's called an error. But if you reach home plate, it's called an inside the park home run. So it's like, hmm, I don't, because every time there's an inside the park home run, there's an error. I promise you. Yeah, unless it's like hit it off the wall, it bounces to the center field corner, and you got someone speedy. And then it's normally close, but like a stand up inside the park home run means someone ran into the wall and have has like a severe concussion and they're throwing the ball straight up into the air. Yeah, unless like it's Tim LaCastro beaming around the bases. Yeah. Like Cole Calhoun, I love him. He's not getting around those bases unless someone oh, messes Cole up. Cole Calhoun is a beast. He's a big boy. I love that dude. Oh, he's so compact. Same with Ramon Laureano. Looking at his pictures, I was designing stuff for like when he got ejected and stuff. He's so it's like He's just pleasant to look at. The way he's built, it's like this guy has power. Like he's his midsection is just so like 
compacted. It's like, I'm like, where are you storing all that power? It's amazing. Yeah, he's just he's built he like a Ford F one fifty man. He really is. He it's is. Ridiculous. Yeah. All wheel. He's got all wheel drive around those bases. He ain't yeah. he ain't messing up. He was he put on a show in def- not only defense uh, offensively. He put on a show defensively this weekend. Or these past weeks, yeah. he's killing it. Do you see the um, Angels Remote. announcer being like, he robbed a home run, and they were like, when did that when did that suspension start again? <laughs> <laughs> when That's is he good. when is he out? But what were you saying? You were saying something else before I go on to my next point. I forget what you're saying about Cole Calhoun. Oh, Tim LaCastro? I haven't heard his name at all, and we I kind of picked him. I mean, with no information and no facts and no science to back it up, but I picked him to have a breakout year because he's so fast. In the short game, steal some bases, steal home, go on extra innings, get the run in. But I haven't heard his name at all. Like, is he starting? What, what's the deal with him? I gotta look this up. Yeah, you look that up while I do a little talk on Tim LaCastro. I think it's maybe because the Diamondbacks, I don't have any information on LaCastro, but my gut feeling is that the Diamondbacks really don't pull headlines. That's true. Especially with Mad yeah, Bum uh, on the shelf now. It's like they're, they're you, just not pulling. One thing I have learned from this season, uh, I just got a stats, he's batting 182. He has two hits, so, so that, he doesn't. He's not a high batting average guy. But how many yeah. at bats does he have? He's two hits and eleven like at bats. So he's just not playing. 11. Yeah, he's just not playing. He's been in uh, nine maybe that, nine games. So he's a pinch runner. And he's still any bags? Um, he he has to, no <laughs> no bags. No Yo, bags. Well, he only has twenty two career <laughs> stolen bases. We might be hyping him up to a little too much. I love Tim Castro. He's so fast, though. Yeah, I love those quick guys. He doesn't look fast. You know what I mean? He has a beard. Like, do fast guys have beards? No. No, no he looks like he works at your local Lowell's. He really like, does. How he, uh, he really does. Yeah, he's not a Home Depot guy. He's a Lowe's guy. No, he's not a Depot guy. He doesn't no. have that swag. He's a Lowe's guy. But but still, I'm a, I'm a fan of his, but you've got you to gotta pick it up. Yeah. No, I really like your point about they're not getting headlines because they're kind of, like, underperforming. And I think that's proven with the Padres and... Rockies, where you can do a little rebranding. Padres did a lot of rebranding, but if you're good, people will like you. People will join the hype and like the things that are unlikable. Like when the Padres are bad, no one's saying that their jerseys are looking nice. But when they're a, even a little good and exciting, people are like, "Oh, I love Padres have a bright future." Like Rockies love the stadium, love the colors. They got good players. If they were bad, no one would be saying that. A hundred percent. Yo, MLB fans are so reactionary. I will say, Arizona Diamondbacks jerseys are so clean. Comeback. I love them. Comeback of the decade, maybe, from going to their s- softball. Oh, this is a good story. We can break out on the pod. We got to ask Nick Ahmed, shortstop, hit a grand slam, right? No, just a dinger. He had a solo dinger the other solo night. In their, right. uh, def- yeah, 13-5 of win, right? I don't know. Yeah, he was, it was epic. We got to ask him a few questions, and I asked him about the their uniforms the years prior. And he said that they looked like some adult men's softball league uniforms, <laughs> which was some insider information, honestly. I mean, just like the big, big J journalism going on over here. But um, they made a comeback. They're looking nice. They're looking like a baseball team. Yeah. Ahmed, they heard Ahmed. They listened to it, man. They were yeah. like, oh, yo. He's right, though. Those jerseys were terrible. But NL West, maybe best jerseys in baseball up and down the division. Got the Rocks clean. Rockies. Clean. Rockies are clean. By the way, when Rockies, Arizona play each other, and Arizona's in those sexy red mm. tops with the gray pants. Great combating colors, and then you got the stripes yeah. on the rocks. And I'd Looks honestly, really clean. I'd probably okay. Let's rank them. Let's rank the jerseys. I'm putting Dodgers number one. 
Oh, I disagree. Padres really? number one right now. Padres. Dodgers is so. It's so bland. timeless. It's so timeless and nice. I think I didn't use yeah, to be I on hate it, it, but though. I think it's nice. Do you like their baby blues? Yeah, their baby blues are nice. Not as good as some other ones, like the Phillies baby blues and the Rangers are much better. But I think they their whites are the best whites in baseball. I think they're so nice. Yeah, they do have the LA logo. I'll, all right, all right, I'll give it to you. But so I'll go I'll just for time. Dodgers, Padres, Rockies. Diamondbacks and what's the other team? Giants. Giant. Oh, Gi- Giants. Giants are clean nice unis. I put they're Giants. nice. I put Giants in front of Diamondbacks. So I got it: Padres, Rockies, Giants, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I'm not a Dodgers uni fan. I don't like. I them. think um the Rockies need to make a little change and they need to be like more exciting and then I think I, I kind of really dig them in the purple. But they are they are nice. They really fit Colorado for some reason. I don't know why, but purple's like oh yeah, mountains. <laughs> yeah, purple Colorado uh, Avalanche and hockey also mm-hmm. one of my favorite jerseys. I love it. Those are your nice. people are either all in on the purple or all out. No one's in between. That's very true. The um the Raptors purple. purple's a controversial color. Yeah, purple's a controversial color for people. It is. They're not a fan of it. Yeah. It gets them going. Yeah, but you want to know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling what some questions. Feeling? So what do you got for us this week, kiddo? <laughs> Pop quiz speed round. Woo! All right. I'm gonna ask you a certain amount of questions. Like you that have sound to respond. Very, that was that was. I think it was some R two D two action earlier. <laughs> you have to respond quite quickly, and you have to remember one question, and then at the end we will discuss the most interesting question that you want to have further conversation on. So your brain's gonna. All be, right, I'm ready. Your cranium is gonna be cranking right now. Oh, maximum right. power. Let's mm-hmm. get it. Tatis or Acuna to build a franchise around long term. Tatis. Better short slugger, Pedroia or Altuve? Altuve. NFL player that could start for a bad MLB team? NFL player that could start for a bad MLB team, Patrick Mahomes. Big league chew or double bubble? Big league chew, not even close. Double bubble goes out so quickly. <laughs> what are Madison Bumgarner's horses named? No idea, but I'm going to assume Wild and West. <laughs> nice. I was going to go with 2010, 2012, and 2014. <laughs> That's like or Buster Posey because you know he's, yeah, just, Buster he's the only Posey, and he's yeah, good. Yeah. Buster right. and Posey because he carried him. <laughs> Be able to hit a ball 500 feet or throw 100 miles per hour. Throw 100 miles per hour. I agree. Best pitch in baseball. Uh, 12-6 curveball by Clayton Kershaw back in his prime. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. F off. Movies are good, books terrible. If you could buy any jersey right now, who would it be? Except Tatis. If I could. If I could buy any jersey right now, who would it be? Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Baby Blue, Toronto Blue Jays. Nice. What shampoo about those Blue Jays? What shampoo does Bo Bichette use? Oh, he sounds like an Old Spice kind of guy. Do they make shampoo? Yeah, they make it. <laughs> it's like the free-in-one. <laughs> I was going like with head and, I think he's a head and shoulders kind of kid. Head and shoulders? Yeah, he could make I was looking him at and Troy Polamalu wanted that. It's add. wavy. Like, he, it's, there's no flaws he's got some in flow. that. It's, it's not even flow almost. It's like... He looks like a horse. It's like a mane. Tyler Glass now, also sneaky nice hair. Guy's sneaky got nice some flow to him. Yeah. All right. I dig it, I dig it. Who will make money in their career? Who will make more money in their career? <laughs> <laughs> Who will make money? Who will make Not more us. money in their career? <laughs> Rafi Devers or Glaber Torres? Glaber Torres. He's probably going to be a better, better, better player. What's more likely, Gary Sanchez winning the Gold Glove this year or the Orioles making it to the ALCS? The Orioles making it to the AOCS. All right. That's all I got. That's oh, Those are some which, fire which, which questions. 
Those were good questions. <laughs> I have a couple I want to expand on. Okay. First off, this is right up our turning to fun dump alley. Mm-hmm. Bubble, double bubble is maybe the worst gum in the game. It's so, it's so, it's like an abusive relationship because it starts so good. And you're like, this is so sick. The little, you unbun the, it's just some pure happiness. And then in quite literally 35 seconds, you're just spitting on the ground. And there's a lot of gum there. So it's not an easy, like, throw in the bush trident kind of style like five gum throwing the trash can it's like you gotta take it out it's wet you know how i love talking about spit there's some gooiness it's dripping <laughs> it's so dense it's like chewing on some like i don't even know it's like chewing on quick drying cement you have yeah. to chew so quickly that it's get out get it out man yeah, and it hurts just... my jaw but give me some sour apple big league chew and i'm crushing yeah. that sour apple is also a little rough because it's so good but it makes your eyes close a little bit it's so sour Oh, we're gonna have to have a. We're gonna. We ranked sunflower seeds. We're gonna have to rank big league chew flavors. We should do a taste we test. Have to do it. We should live taste test on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna be like, which one is the best? Well, I've epic. personally, we have to do it. I've only had big league chew sour apple. If I'm being honest, so I haven't had all the other ones yet. Yeah, sour apple was my go-to. I think I've had. That was always my go-to. There's a lot of flavors now. I don't know if there was back in my day. Back in yeah, back in 2009. I'm not sure what the flavors were. <laughs> now 2020. Who even knows? So that that was that was the question that stood out to me the most. There was another question you asked, and I forget what it was. That dang it, you move so quickly. That is oh a Acu- fun oh, dump Acuna Junior style versus Ferdinand Tatis. Who do you think has more swag? I think it's tied. I think Tatis has the hype right now, but as soon as Acuna starts to pop off, I think they're very similar. I mean, they they play the two most exciting positions. They um they're fun. They have personality. They're on good young teams. I think they're honestly so similar. I had a very upsetting tweet. I saw someone tweet out that Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best shortstop in baseball. Agree or disagree? Disagree. <laughs> disagree. Go, let's slow. Okay, guys, let's slow down. Yeah. And this is going to lead me into the, in the other question you asked. Um, let's slow down here because, like, I Tatis Jr. is so fun. I love him. Video games. He looks like he's straight out of MLB The Show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's beautiful on that field. Love his swag. Padres unis look beautiful on him. He's only not played 101 games. Like, let's yeah, relax. No. And also, he's not even close to the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Yeah, I honestly, I haven't seen him play that much defense. So I don't know how he is defensively. But just by how many home runs he hits, I'm guessing he's not at, at the same level as, like, Lindor, Baez, stuff like that. He's incredibly athletic at the a shortstop, and he doesn't make any plays that like are going to be like, oh my god, that was bad. He's just a solid shortstop right now. He's a lot of room to grow defensively, which you can expect. I think his ceiling defensively is very high because of his athleticism. Mm-hmm. But like, it's guys, he's still so young. So let's let's ease up. He has to let's get to one sixty two at least before we start deeming yeah. him like <laughs> like let's let's slow the hype. Just slow, hey, slow it down a little bit. We see it over and over again. Players have a really good first year and Tatis is still in his first year technically because he didn't play a full season and then we see a drop off a sophomore slump kind of kind of what Acuna had so um I, you can't call anyone the best in the league when they're a rookie that's just not smart because like Baez it's... Lindor Angelton Simmons if we're talking defense like I'm sure I'm missing a lot too These Trevor players, Story Xander Trevor Bogarts Story. Trey yeah. Turner there's yeah, some dude. shortstop dude there's a lot of short good shortstops in the game oh, right yeah. now they're um they're proven to be amazing. I probably would give it to Trevor Story, best shortstop. Best shortstop in the game right now. Uh, 
Last year, I thought it was Bogarts, but also the best but, position yeah. switches so quickly. Bogarts was the best last year. I Trevor Story has been really good this year. He's so been you, amazing. Yeah. You should do stuff about him. He's another Rocky, though. Maybe I'll do a post about him. He's like, when you look at his stats, it's like, how how do people not, how is he not a superstar? Because he plays, it's weird, because is Nolan Arenado a superstar? No. I think he, he is should now. be. I think he is this year. Well, he's gotten hot with the bat lately, but, like, if you ask the common fan if he knows who Nolan Arenado is, I, I bet you you'd be surprised how many people don't. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that point, like, a couple years ago. I think he was doing it for a long time, and then the MLB finally started to push him. Same with, like, Matt Chapman. Like, last year, no one knew who he was, and now it's, like, a lot of people's favorite defensive player. But Trevor Story is, like, he's, like, as good as Arenado. Not defensively, he, but... He needs to be. He needs to be pushed more. That's like you know. We've had done this before. My problem with MLB is sometimes they. I don't understand their marketing strategy with certain players. I feel like they bury players based on markets they live play in, and it's like while it may not be the best market for baseball, they're still doing something special, and you can make that cool to watch. Like San Diego is such a bad baseball market, but we still want to watch Tatis Jr. play. Yeah. So like market him, push him, which they're doing good they, with him. I think they they are doing a good job with him. But I'm just gonna read you Trevor Story's stats. He came in as 2016 with a rookie. He had all those dingers. 27 home runs his rookie year. Then he hit 24. 27 he had 2017 he had a down year. He hit 240 with 24 dingers. 2018 37 home runs, 290 average. 2019 35 home runs, 294 average. Like he's just he's getting better. He has I don't three, expect it. In four I don't know career if you have seasons, these... he has three seasons with an OPS over 900. I mean, he's killing it. That's insane. Uh, you always have to account for the Rockies factor. So I don't know. I don't know if you probably don't have this ability to do it right in front of you. You know, you have his career home road splits because that's something that if he's hit, if he's doing it, it's on Baseball Reference. Um, if he's doing it home road, then I think he deserves even more recognition. But if he's only doing it, um like at home then I think maybe that's the hard thing about marketing in a Rocky like you're seeing it with it uh, tough, yeah. with uh, with who why am I blanking on Mr. 400 Goddamn, what is his name Charlie Blackman yeah. Don't, sorry that's, that's disappointing in me but like Trevor Story definitely should be pushed more and I think there's a lot of players on the west coast that fall under that category of this is what they're just um, they don't get the love because of where they play it's very upsetting do you, like, I don't know how but, to find the home road splits. Do you know how to do I got that? it. I got it. Right, you, right. you keep talking. Well, I, I got it. But, um, I mean, he's also stealing 25 bags a year. Like, he's – and he plays good defense. He has a great arm. I, I think Trevor Story is so underrated still. All right. I got his splits for you. To see, mm-hmm. see, this is why I'm the stats guy here. I'm, mm-hmm. I, know, I, go, yeah. I know how to maneuver these websites. Um, so, he's home – way splits. He's hitting 303 career at home and 250 career on the road. His home runs at home are 83 compared to 46, and he's played uh, seven more games in his career at home. So he's obviously doing it way more on mm-hmm. the road. His OPS on the road is over is 1.002, and away it's dot seven five eight. Yeah, so, so he's, he's definitely ex- maybe experiencing a Rocky effect. Or do you, you look up the stats for Lindor? Ooh, here's a Rocky effect for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. 83 career home runs at home, 46 on the road. Yeah, that that definitely doesn't bode well. But look up, do that for Lindor because I want to see because there is, I mean, some players just play better at home or away. I mean, it does look but like that's. Let me make a counter argument. Level. 
it must be hard to be a Rocky and play in that altitude and then go somewhere else and have to adjust to a different altitude 82 times a year. Yeah, I mean, people uh, 81 say times. Because think about, yeah, because think about like the transition to high altitude. You also have to transition to that lo- science pod. You have to transition to that mm-hmm. low altitude. So th- that could also be a reason these Rocky players tend to struggle on the road. Like it's hard to keep switching from environments. Yeah, that's true. I do so wonder that's my, if that actually, how big of a factor that is. The altitude on the home yeah. runs? Not, oh, not it's on, a fact, dude. It's not on fact. the home runs, just on players like playing and like in shape, how in shape they are and like going from altitude to altitude because, I mean, we're stupid, so I don't really like understand how that. Oh, I have no idea if that, any of that made I wonder sense. if it does. <laughs> you said you wanted Lindor's numbers, right? Yeah, just curious. Uh, 308 at home, 265 on the road in his career. OPS on at home, 894 on the road, 779. Right, and he's hit so, the same, same amount of dingers, basically. So, yeah, a little more even. So, yeah, he's crazy. One thing about Lindor that I've always respected is his consistency throughout his career. Like, first half of his season, he hit 281 during his career. And second half, he hits 294 during his career. Mm-hmm. So, that's something to look out, especially down the stretch, though, because Lindor is... I always crushes August, so I'm surprised we're not seeing more of him. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see him if he starts popping off. Because yeah, he has except for the three hundred two, except for the Cleveland pitching, they're, they're poised well, to make a interrupting run. each other today. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on our game. He has a three hundred two career uh, batting average in August, so like he he eats during this time of year. So yeah. come on, Lindor, let's get it going. Come That's on, let's see some more of you in the news. That's what I'm trying right. to say. Well, and you a- had one more question that uh, i think we have to address okay i'm sorry it's important rafi devers or it was glaber torres right yeah this Glaber is, man this Glaber, is interesting because guy. we both saw these players have outstanding 2019 seasons kind of out of nowhere a little bit and we've seen both players struggle a lot this year the thing that worries me about devers is his ability to Plays a position consistently. I mean, I think Labor plays a worse shortstop than Devers plays a third, or or at least equal. I don't know. Like, but the thing about I, I don't maybe I don't watch Labor enough yeah, every he, day. He makes, I watch Devers I'd every. Say, I'd say they're the same level. Devers makes some mistakes though that just blow my mind. I'm I like, think, how um, do you do that? I definitely think if you watch some Labor highlights, he he kicks balls fairly consistently. That should be easy outs. So I think I think he's a good second baseman. It just sucks that they have Lemayhu there. Um, I, he's not a shortstop. I don't think Labor's a shortstop. I I can agree with that point. He doesn't look like a shortstop. He's not yeah. built like one. Yeah. Um, he's a little too big. Uh, so where do you come in? Where do you come? Devers or Torres? I mean, that's why I wrote the question. I think it's a toss up because I there's I n- kind of just made this connection now. They're very similar. They had great years last year offensively. And this year they've struggled offensively and defensively because Glaber's at short. Devers has kind of taken on this. He had a good year last year. He's got to try to repeat. And we're seeing both players really not play that well. And last year in 2019, you're thinking this is the future of the Red Sox. This is the future of the Yankees. So kind of how these players perform is very telling of their team's chances to succeed in the future. And so who will make more money? It's, like whoever has a better next year probably yeah probably that's the thing though uh yeah it's i guess it is a toss-up when you break it down i went gut reaction i went um 
I want Torres, but his fielding percentage in 2020 is .927. That's not great. Don't want to see that. Yeah. That's not what you're looking for. How many errors this guy got in the season? He already has four errors in 17 games played. I want to compare that to what Devers got think, going on. I think Devers got more than four. Devers got more than four? Yeah, the thing about Devers... See, I can give you more information on Devers because I watch him so much. Mm-hmm. He When he when Devers is on, his swing is beautiful, and his defense builds off his offense. When he's hot at the plate, he's more likely to get going at the uh, on the field. Yeah, he, he, he's too streaky. Like, I got to... Maybe Torres is the same way, but it concerns me a lot. Devers, uh, Devers got only had Devers got five, five errors. Good call. Way to pull up that. Hey, you're learning how to use baseball yeah, reference. Nice I job. <laughs> um, he has an 875 field percentage, so that's also yeah. not what you're looking. That's really bad. Yeah, I mean both these players are not <laughs> under 900 fielding percentage is so bad. Oh, They're not fielding not their position well. Not like what you're looking to see. So that's. That's tough. That's not fun. We're trying to make a fun dump, but that's a little bit of just yeah. a dump. So, I just want to see. Do you want to change your answer, or are you sticking with labor? Um, I think just by the fact that we broke it down, my two second reaction to the question in real time, I think I'm gonna have to go. I'll just stick with Torres because mm-hmm. it's really a toss up. You put it, per- we put it perfect. There's so alike. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think Devers a year older though from. Or he has a year more experience in the big leagues because Torres yeah. started in 2018, Devers started in 2017. So, it, it's very it's comparable. Definitely a, t- definitely a toss up. I think Devers is more of an average kind of guy, hit some doubles, and then Glaber is like kind of home run or strikeout, like more in that category. So I think the best we've seen of Devers is the better than the best we've seen of Torres, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, Devers last year, that was really – that was like – that's like, okay, that's like MVP caliber play. Yeah, so, what did he get fourth, I think? I think he finished top – he finished high in the MVP voting. I, mm-hmm. I can look it up. Uh, but that's – so I think his uh, his ceiling may be higher. I just don't know. I also think his floor may be a little lower, though. I'd agree. He finished yeah. 12th, not fourth. If we, if we want to dive in, should we do some Red Sox real quick or no? We've done a decent amount, but let's. What do you got? Yeah, just real, really quick about the Red Sox. Um, they had an interview with um, the owner today, talking about how he basically inferred all this team needs is to sign some pitchers, trade for some pitchers, and get healthy, and then they're back to their level. Which, on paper, I'd agree with. I mean, we have zero pitchers, so if we go out, we get into the tax, we sign a, an ace, get Sale back, and then trade for like two more pitchers, then we could have a better rotation of baseball pretty easily. For the Red Sox, we have a little money. We have some young guys to trade away. But then when you look at this season, and maybe they're trying to lose, but Devers has been not promising. JD does not look great. This is, I think if Devers isn't amazing like he was last year, it's kind of concerning about the future because Devers, Bogarts were going to lead us. They were going to be the veterans or like them in their prime while we had our resurgence. So... Just a little Red Sox note because I had to t- say something. Can I find uh, – can I give you my developing Red Sox pick? I also saw that interview. And you want to know who I think that – just is a high speculation. But do you want to know who I think that uh, maybe a Boston Red Sox in the future? Trevor Bauer? No. Uh, he's pitched in the division before mm-hmm. in the news lately. Marcus Stroman. You think they're going after the St- Stroh show? I think Stroh could be it because I think he's going to end up with like a four-year deal is what I'm yeah. thinking for. I think he's going to end up with like like a four-year deal. He's pitched great in the division before. 
Uh, I want to find out when he's pitched at Fenway Park. I'm trying to find out, but that may take a little bit longer. Yeah. He can um, handle he the big looking. market. He can. He played. He played in Toronto. He's played in New York. Where else did he pitch? That's it. It's just Toronto, New York. I thought he pitched somewhere else. Uh, no, I think the Jays paid... dealt him to the Mets, and then he didn't really play for him. Yeah, he's pitching in Toronto. He's pitching in New York. He had a Cy Young caliber year in Toronto before. I think he's 30, which is usually not what the Red Sox like to go for, but I think that he could be a potential we need to sign a pitcher because the Red Sox, we've seen it before when they signed Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval in the offseason. When they have a bad year, they sign people. Yeah. Are they good signings? Maybe not. But they always yeah. make splashes to get like the fandom going back up and get those TV ratings going, those ticket prices. Mm-hmm. And I think Marcus Stroman could be their guy. So you heard it here in turn queue first. I, I'd go Bauer personally, but I think Stroman in my head, I do see Stroman over Bauer. I think he's a better I don't fit. think the Red Sox would take on Bauer. Yeah, I don't think they're there. Bauer's not their style. Which sucks. He's too big a personality for them. Yeah, which stinks. I think he could. I wish he could do well in Boston, but I don't think he could. Boston's not a personality market. No, yeah, we just want we just want to win. Yeah, like look at um, like Mookie Betts. Everyone's talking about how he's going to be able to flourish his personality and in, in yeah. L.A. Like even when you saw celebration from Mookie Betts, like it was so rare because it's so hard to as someone who loves Boston sports, it's very hard for an athlete to be able to shine through in that personality type. It's just a very strict and uptight environment. So yeah, I you, think Trevor Bauer would not fit here. You do have to be a hardo, which is good because Trevor Bauer is like the king of the hardos. So I, the Red Sox might like that. I don't. I don't know. It's Boston media would hate him. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I think They'd the be like, focus on pitching, like not filming. Yeah, <laughs> focus. Just put in the work. What are you doing? Oh, that would be fun though. I love watching old baseball people get angry. Old people, old baseball people hate Trevor Bauer. Yeah, and it's all so funny. the all the young guys that bat flip, they just hate everyone that isn't like played in the twenties. It's like, well, you know what? We actually don't wear knee high socks that go up to our testicles anymore. So deal with it. I will say, I know you haven't seen listened to the latest talk in baseball episode when they interviewed the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. An interesting thing I took away. So shout out to them for that great episode. This is, is an epic uh, the pod in a pod moment, podception. Yes, they talk, the Brewers owner talked about how the demographic for. Baseball has been at a, like a pretty all, not an all time low, but it's lower than previous years. So maybe the young talent of Tatis Jr., Acuna, and then like Trevor Bauer taking on that that side of like it's helping. So keep going, guys. Keep keep going, Bauer. Keep going, yeah, guys. Let's keep push this thing. game. Speaking of That's young it. people, we got a bunch of young teams doing well right now. We got the Orioles, the Marlins. They're kind of showing out. Marlins cooled off a little bit, but I mean they beat the Jays and Extras last night. Crazy game. Are we going to see bad teams, in quotes, in the playoffs? Yes. I think because in a 162-game season, the cream rises to the crop. Eventually, who's the <laughs> best <sorry>. teams? <laughs> the cream rises to the crop? <laughs> Don't know if that's the saying. Is that a new saying? <laughs> is it? Oh, you I might don't see know. this on a highlight on Instagram. This might be bad. Uh, no, I'm, every the fun dump always gets clipped. Oh. All right, <laughs> I'm too stupid on. on these episodes. Uh, <laughs> let me go off, Jeez, Doyle. But um, now I forget what I was saying. Oh, bad teams in the playoffs. I don't. I think it's more likely because sixty games is not a lot of baseball games, man. No. So, one hundred sixty-two games, the long effect takes place. 
and eventually the best teams will become the best teams. I think we see it every year. It's always consistently the 100 wins, best teams eventually get going, and the bad teams end up with 100 losses. But you can have all you need is a good month or two. So look at the Orioles. They continue just to stay at 500, and I think 500 is good enough to get a wild card spot in the AL, and it's good enough to finish third in the division in the AL East. So I think they can stay at that pace easily. I don't think that's that ridiculous. Can you see the Orioles and Marlins? Am I missing anyone? Tigers. Yeah, yeah, Tigers too. Can you see them making a move to try to better themselves? No. And I think it'd be, if I'm the Tigers, I still, if I'm the Orioles and the Tigers, if somebody comes asking for Jose Iglesias, trade him. Right now, get rid of him. His stock is at an all-time high, what if he, he is not a player. Though? Doesn't matter. If somebody comes knocking, if you're the Orioles, Tigers, I get it's fun to be like, oh, we're going to be the bad team that makes the playoffs. But they, anybody who's performing well on your teams right now is not going to be your team. So if you get yeah. the opportunity to trade them, at that's when their stock is at an all-time high and add to your rebuild, do it. It's Kansas City. I've I heard this brought up on um, I saw this on social media. I think somewhere, like Jorge Soler, like is he gonna get traded? Like those type of teams. Mm-hmm. If you have it, if you can get a team who's desperate now, do it. But again, it's fun though. It's, you want to keep your fans engaged. Like oh, the Tigers make the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's tough because. Once you start playing good, you get attached to these guys, and it's like this isn't your team of the future. If I mean, if they make the playoffs, though, do what's give me a percent on if they can get past the first round. What's what are you coming in at? Zero. Zero percent chance. No chance. I don't. I'll give a ten percent chance. I think that if whoever makes the playoffs, they're going to get murdered immediately. Because they don't have the pitching. None of these teams have the pitching to go in those type of races. But I think it's cool to be like, oh, it's cool to keep it in. And I will. I'm very. I doubt if the Orioles are 500, they would trade anything off. Because if you have your fans locked in as an ownership, that's good. Because you've been so bad for so long. Try to rejuvenate the fan base. So it'd be tough to trade away pieces. But I think it's a smart move. Like cut them, cut and dump. Yeah, I. Sadly, that's probably what you got to do. But. I mean, Tigers fans, Marlins fans, Orioles fans, enjoy it. No, for sure. And if you can, who do you got? Who do you got going in the playoffs there? Probably got to go with the Marlins. But maybe they were, they've were they been so good, they probably drop off quicker. So maybe we go Orioles. But Marlins, they've, they're winning games. And I don't, I don't know how, but they are. The Orioles look like a 500 team when I watch them play, though. The Marlins look like yeah. they've been playing out of their mind. I watch the Orioles, and I'm like, they can hit. That's something that you can't deny about this. And I don't think that's fluky either. I think this team can just straight up hit. And we did yeah. not give them enough credit in the te- in our projections. No, you're right. I'm probably going. They got no names who are hitting like 350. So I'm probably going. Yeah, dude, they can just enhance our board. Alberto can just yeah. rake, hit the cover off the ball. So I probably get to go Orioles too. Yeah, I think the Marlins die off quicker than the Orioles do. So, But I mean, the AL East is tough though. So that's rough. The AL East is not as is, is bad I knew it was going to be bad, but it's worse than I expected. Like, the Rays are not as good as I thought they'd be. They're, they're getting they, there. They're starting to get they're, there. They're warming up, but, like, the Red Sox make anybody look good. That's true. But, I mean, it's like they're 11-8 and eight now, which is much better than what they started with. So, I think you're going to see the Yankees and Rays start being really good, and then you're going to see – if the Orioles can take third place, though, that's a win for them. Yeah, but the thing about the uh, the Rays is Glass now has not looked great to me as a season. 
So he and Snell hasn't looked great for me. He's working his way up from pitch count. I think he's had a couple short starts, but like they, their pitching really needs to get going if they're going to be able to beat the Yankees because what they have over the Yankees is that ability to outpitch them. So that's yeah. kind of a little concerning. But they have been getting hotter. So it's still what we're we, sorted away through the season now, right? Twenty games. We, yeah, the, the, Rays, just shy. The, the Rays are one and a half games behind the Yankees. So I also wanted to talk to you about a less fun topic, but also a fun topic. Okay. So the Cardinals are supposed to come back tomorrow or today, if you're listening. I think I saw a report that they're not. Their flight was canceled. So here's where I come in. Do you have to cancel the Cardinals season? Yes. I, there's no way they can play in the playoffs unless they do a crazy – they do doubleheaders like every day. Like I don't – there's – and then they're just going to be bad. So And then that hurts the other teams that they have to play doubleheaders against and – it's gonna it's gonna ruin the season for everyone else. So it's like Cardinals guys, just take a break. I don't know. It's it's an awful situation, especially because I they're supposed to play tomorrow night. They're not, and I I think early rumors. I think one guy, maybe John Heyman, reported it, but that's it. So who really knows with him? John Heyman's said, wild on Twitter. Yeah. He doesn't know how to use it. Yeah, they said um the flight was canceled, like the airline showed that the flight was canceled. So they're thinking they're not gonna play for like another five days. At that point, so they're already five games, and most teams are at either eighteen or nineteen games played. So mm-hmm. if you're the, uh, or if you're the or twenty, so that's fifteen games. Be I think you gotta pull the plug on the cards, unless you're doing winning percentage. But then it's not fair for other teams. You can't so, do winning percentage if a few teams miss a couple games. You can do winning percentage. You can't do winning percentage when one team has played twenty games less. It's exactly, and but how do you just eliminate a team? You're like, all right, these are all forfeited games, uh, or does everybody yeah. else who play in the Cardinals go to winning percentage? You know what I mean. So it's a very tricky situation. But the Cardinals, I don't think it's physical. Yeah, you can do these double headers, but I don't know if they can do it. They can't. I mean, or maybe you have to increase their um, roster. You have to give them like fifty guys. <laughs> like, but then that opens up the whole COVID thing again. If you're bringing in all these new players. So then it's like, oh, now you now you don't have only 30 guys to manage. You have 50 guys to manage. I think it depends. They're going to try to get them to play because, like, obviously everyone wants them to play. But I think if you see them miss 10 more games, they're done. And, I mean, I, the reports— I think five more games. Five more? I think early reports, they're, they are going to miss five more. One of their coaches tested positive today, so it's rough, rough for them. How— that is so upsetting because Jack Flaherty is one of my favorite pitchers to watch show. We haven't even seen him, yeah. The eyes have been off of him, which sucks for him because he had all the eyes on him going into the season and they were just taken off. He was really starting to build a brand and market himself and he was becoming one of like those fun young studs in baseball mm-hmm. to watch pitch. Like Jack Flaherty night was a night and now it's not even like people don't even think about it yeah. and people forget he's one of the nastiest pitchers in baseball and it's it just shows you how quickly baseball moves. If you're not on the field and you're not producing, people forget real quick, which sucks. But I think his return, hopefully, that's the only reason I don't want to see the Cardinals not play any games. But, like, how do you do it? Do you like, oh, they won't play games unless they can make the playoffs because everyone just opt out. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these guys are itching to get back in, but a lot of these guys are like, what are we doing here? I'm surprised no one has opted out. So maybe that's a good sign. If they would have, they probably already should have, you know? Yeah, that is true. Because at this point, if I'm on the Cardinals, I'm probably opting out. 
Yeah, you're <laughs> you're just watching your teammates go down day by day and just waiting to play a game, which, is, I mean... That really it, sucks, though. You were fra- Tomorrow was a day and then a coach has positive. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a other situation or it's just continued to spread. That's probably it's just continued to spread. This disease, it's it's contagious. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. It's not good. Yeah. That's not what we have to say. Besides that, though, man, baseball keeps rolling on. The cards, people forget about the cards, but everyone else is keep going. And honestly, it's making me happy. The Phils are getting a little. Phils getting something going. They're not looking. They're not like the record's not great, but they've been playing better. Harper's getting hot, so you know my Phillies. Mm-hmm. Come on, get going. What? Yeah, NL East has been has been crazy. But um, should should we do one more little fun segment to finish this fun dump Friday? Yeah, I'm ready to dump on something. Let me. What All we right. got? We're gonna do the 2021 free agent draft because 2020 is not 162 games. It will be over in the blink of an eye, and I think Moki kind of proved that. Guys are gonna get paid. It's it's looking better than get paid pay at first. Yeah, so this free agency is gonna be important, especially for a lot of these like meddling teams that saw some success in the twenty twenty short season. I think they're feeling themselves a little more and they go out and make even more splashes. So I draw it let's see. Ten names, I think. I've separated them into a first round and second round. And you gotta how many do you wanna pick? There's six in each round. You want to take two in each round? One and I'll two? Do, I'll, do, I'll do two. I'll do two in each right. round. That sounds good. So you are a GM. The names are on the board. First round. George Springer, Marcus Simeon, JT Romuto, Marcus Stroman, Marcelo Zuna, and DJ LeMahieu. You are on the clock. I'm going JT Romuto and DJ LeMahieu. Ooh, kind of similar names. Yeah, a little bit. That's how- Say that ten times fast, but JT and DJ, I like the abbreviations. Like, go off, yeah. guys. Um, so I'm gonna go with Miyamoto because I love a catcher, and I think he's probably the best catcher in baseball. And then give me DJ LeMahieu because I think his name speaks for himself. That guy's insane. But I don't think the Yankees are gonna let him get out the door. Yeah, that that would suck. I'm definitely going DJ LeMahieu, and then I'm probably going Springer. Even going Springer, sucks, even though he sucked this year. Do you want it? Springer concerns me because he got all the Astros players got paid when they were cheating, which is hilarious. If you yeah. think about that's like, yo, you're cheating, but let's give you money. But also, George Springer scares me because anyone who was a part of that Astros thing, I don't want, I don't want to touch. Get stay away. That's true. He hasn't been a big part of it though. Like he's not one of the bad dudes. He's just like on the team, you know. Yeah, but how much did he benefit? What is his numbers? Yeah. You have to account for all these stuff, and you don't want to end up signing someone who doesn't have it. So George Springer scares the crap out of me. I want nothing to do with Springer. So he is scary, right. but he's also the one person. He's kind of old too, but he. I think he is the the A tier player. He can be the A tier player. All the other players are kind of like like J T. Remuto isn't gonna hit as well as George Springer is. You know, George Springer does have a much higher ceiling, and he's been better in his career as a hitter. Yeah, I guess he's just too much involved with Springer that scares me. So I don't want. I don't want part that, of it. That's fair. As a GM, you can. That's a fair decision. I don't make. want to. I don't want the baggage. But I do think. You kind of got to take DJ number one, which maybe DJ number one is surprising, but he is just so good. It, he, he'll help a team so much. We deserve a pat on the back for not being a bias, even though I hate the Yankees with every fiber of my body. Mm-hmm. Done a lot of Yanks talk today. We've been kind of, we kind, we've been kind to them. Yeah. We've been kind and to them. Not too negative, right? I feel like we stayed somewhat neutral or positive yep. even. I don't think I've said a negative thing about the Yanks today. So 
Don't, I picked Glaber Torres over Rafi Devers, so look at us go. That's true. Yeah, we're basically Yankees fans now. Yeah, not oh gross. <laughs> <laughs> that right. made me sick. So in the first round, you took JT Romito and DJ LeMahieu. So you got a good catcher, and then a solid second baseman who will hit four hundred and thirty every year. Four hundred and thirty. That's not how you say it. Four thirty. Jesus Christ! That's like, what, is, yeah. what, is, what is this guy doing? All right. The second round, you're on the clock. Five names: Jock Peterson, Trevor Bauer. Justin Turner, and Nelson Cruz. That is only four names of being informed. Yeah, I was like, did I miss one? What, what happened? <laughs> no, just so I'm take, am I taking two or one here because we only got four names? Two. You'll take two. All right. So give me Trevor Bauer because I just love him. Mm-hmm. And you said Jock Peterson, Justin Turner, and? Nelson Cruz, 40 years old. Give me Trevor Bauer on a four-year, $80 million contract. I think and he give is. Me he has said he's only signing one-year deals, if that does change your opinion. Oh, has he? Damn, that's yeah. so ball. He's going to play for every team. He's such a baller. Yeah. <laughs> um, so give me Trevor Bauer on a one-year $75 million contract. And then uh, I'm going to take <laughs> – give me Jock. I want Jock. Jock's a sleeper, I think. Like he could go to I think a Jock's team. a sleeper, though. Justin Turner's – I'm pretty sure he's older. Boomstick, like – Boomstick, I keep doubting him. But every year, eventually, he's got to stop. So like, especially if I'm a middling yeah. team, he doesn't. He seems like because you said I'm a middling GM. Mm-hmm. I don't really see him like. He's like you're you're winning and you just need one more like bat. So I don't really want him. He's too he's too short term. Yeah. But, he, so give me if I'm future. doing Bauer. Yeah, if I'm doing Bauer on a one year deal, I don't want to double up on the one year deals here. I want someone who's gonna be around for a little while. So give me Jock. No, no Marcus Simeon love. No, nah, nah. I like him, but you know, I, I'm a pass. Okay, so Jock and Bauer. I'd probably go Bauer and Cruz, but it's if double you're one-year deal. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you can't sign maybe two, but you're just paying one for year. that one year. But um. But you know, yeah. but you're free, but say like here's the issue with doing both Trevor Bauer and Nelson Cruz on those one-year deals. Then next free next year you're back into the free agent market. You gotta start all over. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So um. It's like you're not building anything there. It's an interesting free agent because Mookie was the highlight, and now he's locked up. So it's kind of a lot of little. It's a lot of little pieces. This is funner to me though than a big name that's like going on a tour and the headline every day. Because this is more of like, all right, this takes GM skill because all these players have like a little bit of baggage to them. Like Stroman, he's been hurt. He backed out. We didn't see him pitch this year. Springer, he was in a cheating scandal. Mm Trevor Bauer is only going to give you one year. Do you want to go in? Boomstick. He's forty years old, so it's much funner to me. I like it. And we um, we saw. Oh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh my god. Not great. Move to the oh, third round. Remember it. Remember <laughs> it. Mike Miner was kind of, He was on the list. I mean, another small piece, but he didn't play. He opted out. So. Yeah. So another piece. Like I think this is going to be one of the probably for me one of my favorite. I like these smaller free agent classes where I get to look at it more. It's funner to me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's not like the Harper Machado in the same year was a lot. It was – yeah, it was, it's so much. And, like, it's it's so clear that they're going to sign these absurd contracts that they, – are they going to affect the team? Not immediately. Like, Trevor, you sign Trevor Bauer to a one-year contract, you're looking to win. So, like, that's cool. Like, you're mm-hmm. the Red Sox. You got to go out there and get these smaller guys. Like, oh, for your deal for Stroman, that's, that's sick. I'm into that. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> All right, that was that's the last round, short draft. <laughs> I thought you said there were three rounds. I think I said two. 
I think we're going to rewind that tape. Hey, producer, get on that. I think <laughs> I think Jack lied to me on that. But, yeah, I think I, I'm all dumped out, man. I'm pretty clean. Bowels are feeling good. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Second week of having it be told the Friday fun dump, already regretting everything. <laughs> you should. It's only going to get worse from here, guys. Because yeah. every Friday I'll be dumping. That's what that's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun, though. I love the Jersey talk. That's what I'm here for. You got any closing thoughts for us, Doyle, before, you know, I have to do my outro? Closing thoughts. What do you want the people um, to feel this weekend? We got a weekend of baseball ahead. What What do you got a message for them? Feel good this weekend. I want to see a new team pop off. I want to see a, someone get the headlines this week. I, who's, who's it going to be? Yeah, who's your team of the week? Who do you think is coming out of next week hot? I think Rays are on fire. I think they're coming. They're coming good. Rays seem like the team we're going to be talking about Monday for our breakdown. That's it. I think the Rays are going to be what we're going to be seeing. Yeah. Rays are Rays are good, and also, hey, D-backs, let's get hot. I want to see. Come on. Let's get going. Yeah, come on, D-backs. I was high on you, and you have sucked. So I want to see Nick Ahmed, Cole Calhoun, Mason Saunders, A.K. Madison Bumgardner, and his Marte hit a ball to the moon. The Marte parte. Yeah, come on. Give us something. Come on. Let's go. I, I want to root for you guys. Give me a reason to watch D-backs baseball. I'm here for it. NL West Baseball, I'm watching a lot of these. Come on. Give me a reason. Also, Angels looked really good against the A's. They always lose. They suck. But let's see if they can try to build some momentum going into this weekend. So, if I'm you so got scared. time. I'm so scared that the Angels will never be good. They they won't. They, they will never. The Angels will tease you for the rest of your life with talent after talent after talent. And then suck. There is a new San Diego Padres. Go to, for your career to die. That's Do you think are. if they signed Cole instead of Rendon, it would be different? No, I think Cole would suck there. Because I think the Angels – or no, Cole would be amazing, but then no one else would ever be able to pitch mm-hmm. for the Angels until he was hired. Yeah. And the, that makes sense. The Angels, the Angels just love to waste talent. Sorry, Angels fans. I know you're probably going to hate me for that. But they do, and it sucks, and it's a waste, and I want to root for you guys, but you're killing me. Anyways, that's all I got. Yeah, so let's get out of we're here. Done. We're done here today. And as always, follow us on Instagram at the Turnkey Podcast, on Twitter at the Turnkey Pod. I will be providing a new segment where I will deep dive into players who are struggling. Today I did Craig Kimberwell. So if you guys got some time, make sure you go check that out and see why he sucks. Cubs fans, I know you hate him. We do too right now. So go check that out. You can check us <laughs> You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and anywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. And we'll catch you Monday for a breakdown. Peace.